sin, held captive by my fear, till your mercy showed, your hand was reaching near, my God, you came and made a way for me, you made a way for me. My Jesus, gracious Redeemer and friend, there's nothing like your love without end. My hope was purchased by the blood of the Lamb. My Jesus, trampled over sin. You're the risen King, and you're coming back again. Oh God, you came and made a way for us. You made a way for us. My Jesus, gracious Redeemer and friend, there's nothing like your love without end. My hope was purchased by the blood of the Lamb, my Jesus, Galatians 1.13 For you have heard of my former manner of life in Judaism, how I used to persecute the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries, among my countrymen, being more extremely zealous for my ancestral traditions. So today we're moving into a new section in Galatians, and verses... Chapter 1, verse 13 through 2.21 are Paul's testimony. So this is one of the largest biographical accounts we have in any of Paul's letters. So it's very rich and very instructive. And what we'll see is the first section from verse 13 all the way to 24 unpacks his former manner of life. So it's important to see this section is his former manner of life. 
And so your reading challenge for the next couple of days is to read through the, this section. And what I want you to key in on is notice we saw this dynamic here in verse 13 and 14 that sets the stage of his, the two great categories that he's going to unpack. The categories of his colossal failure and his cultural success. So Paul's colossal failure is that he used to persecute the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And then his great success, cultural success, is that he was advancing in Judaism beyond many of his contemporaries because he was more zealous for the ancestral tradition. And what he's going to do here is he's going to unpack the great categories of worth that defined who you were in his world. And we see that his great failures did not disqualify him for grace, and his great success did not earn it for him. So these two categories. First, he persecuted the church directly, attacking, fighting against God. This is his great failure. You know, when Paul often talks of himself as the chief of sinners, he meant that. That was not faux humility. He was attacking and trying to kill the very body of the Messiah. And so when Jesus knocked him off his horse on the road to Damascus and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Paul recognized that his murderous rage and attack on the church of Christ was tantamount to attacking Christ himself. And he thought to attack the Messiah is the worst sin you can commit on this planet. So when he says that, he's not being humble. He could have been, after his conversion, just paralyzed by guilt and shame for his colossal failure of attacking the very body of the Messiah himself. But he celebrates that even that incredible failure did not disqualify him from receiving the grace of God. Now, the key verse in this whole section is verse 15. Before he was born, he was called, and then the gospel was revealed, and then he experienced grace. This is what transformed him. His colossal failures didn't negate it, but then he also is going to celebrate his incredible cultural successes. In one sense, from his world of Judaism, he was at the top of the social food chain. These are his great successes. He was at the top of gathering what we call symbolic capital in all of these categories. And what's so amazing here is neither his huge mistakes nor his huge achievements were determinative for this call and for grace. His whole life was lived in a certain, under a certain Jewish framework. And when he was called, and when he saw Jesus on the road to Damascus, that entire framework was blown up. And now he's been called to a mission that will not be beholden to the criteria and the categories of his Jewish tradition. It's not bound to his previous framework, his previous way of seeing and being in the world. And the point is to break us out of the ways in which we think we should operate. That's the radical nature of grace. 
It breaks you out of those ways. It had to break him out of the his first century Jewish way of being. And it can break us out of our 21st century American way of being. See, now his whole life is reoriented towards Christ and towards the cross and towards the resurrection. That's why this culminates with those great line, I have been crucified with Christ and is no longer I. It's no longer, I am no longer defined by my successes. I am no longer defined by my failures. I am now defined by the cross and resurrection. I am defined by who he is and what he's done and how he has loved me and given himself for me. This is powerful stuff. It changed him. And let's pray that it'll change us. So which side of this fence do you find yourself falling onto? Where at times you feel paralyzed by your previous failures? Let grace free you. Or there are times you feel self-exalted by your past successes. <laughs> Let grace free you and enter into the glorious reality that before we were born, we were called. And it is no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavens. 